0: coffee break where Helena comes to talk welcome into coffee break Troy Shockley with you this morning really glad that you decided to spend some time with us the show is brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group if you have a property that fits the needs of their buyers call David at Versant 459-8565 and we do have a chat with some of the folks from Good Samaritan Ministries coming up but first we reported on it All morning, the governor yesterday and the DPHHS introducing an emergency rule that says parents should be able to opt out, opt their kids out of masking requirements in schools. That actually a two-part rule, that's the second half. The first half says that schools ought to take parental opinion into consideration if they're going to implement a masking policy. Now, this decision was sort of just dropped in the middle of the afternoon yesterday. Really, nobody knew that it was coming, including school administrators. I was able to connect with Helena Public School Superintendent Rex Welts, who spent hours yesterday afternoon trying to figure out what all this means. And we reported some of that this morning on Montana's morning news, but wanted to bring you a little bit longer form conversation with him. So I'm going to play that chat that I had with Rex for you now. So they didn't get a hold of you at all. Nobody contacted any school administration and said, Hey, something's on the way.
1: No blindsided.
0: So how frustrating is that to have something obviously that impacts everything that you do. And there was, No kind of forewarning.
1: I don't know their systems of their process to communicate. You know, if they were to let some principals and superintendents know, then does it leak and then they get bombarded with questions that I I just don't know their system. Like I've always I always make sure my board knows, then my admin team, then my teachers and then my community. Right. I have a hierarchy of what that looks like. And to be to credit them, I don't know what that looks like for them and how it rolls out. But boy, I tell you, one thing we've learned through COVID, um, even when my time as a superintendent in Polson, is things happen quickly, and you just need to be able to adjust. You know, just you need to roll with it. So Rex, I read the
0: letter that you sent out to parents in the district. What ultimately went into that decision where you said, you know what, we're going to keep masks in the building, though we do have an option for those that don't want to wear one?
1: From 1230, I turned around, did an about face, went back up to my office, didn't leave my office until just now. Um, And so, really, there was just four hours of intense you know, it was like it was literally a I don't know, I don't want to say war room, but you can get the picture that we spent a lot of time working with Montana School Boards Association, our legal team, consulting other districts around the state, uh, double A's, my cabinet having teams meetings with my admin team so that they're not surprised and caught off guard so they can answer questions from parents and staff. And then um, our communication specialist, we are drafting, you know, correspondence back and forth for two hours, fine tuning it. And then about, you know, when I sent that out four o'clock, you, you know, that's kind of the decision time um, all all along working with our board chair and our board of what, what that looks like. What more, more or less our board chair, I didn't, involve the rest of the board. Rex, we've already seen a
0: lawsuit over in Missoula, parent group suing the school district there. With this new emergency rule thrown into the mix, are you, is the board administration, are there thoughts that that might be something that now happens here?
1: I was expecting, you know, before the Missoula suit hit, there was word out on the street that that was brewing, and we just didn't know what community, what court's system it was going to land in know, ultimately it, it hit it hit missoula i think um i hear it's going to grow up in it came out of bozeman so i am expecting it to bozeman at some point boy try right. it wouldn't surprise me if it's here i mean in all reality at some point let's hear it like if if it's if it's not legal to do what we're doing then well, let's find out what it is and, and move on but yeah I, i'm okay with it we expect it to if it doesn't land here, the court decisions around the state will impact us one way or another. So, you know, um, we're ready for it. It's kind of a guessing game. We think we know what we're doing, and we have gotten legal advice that it's correct. Other side says it's not, and so let the system play itself out. What What is it?
0: Right? So if we nutshell this thing, basically you're saying that if parents don't want their kids in a mask, the option, the opt out, is for them to go into the digital environment, right?
1: Right. There's so there's two parts of the of the order today. One was parents have to have an input into the into the decision, and of course we've had hours of testimony and public comment. We've had hundreds of uh, multiple emails into the in. Uh, we've had survey. So we've. Provided, I feel, and everyone feels that we provided ample opportunity for people to speak on, yay or nay. So that check that box. We understand that one. Feel good around that. And the second part of it is that the parents have an opt out. The opt out, we've been doing already. That's not a big. That's not a. Um, that's not a surprise. We've been dealing with and working through religious opt outs. We've been dealing with, um, you know, a constitutional right. So we've been. We've heard those. Now the governor's order is just that there's seven or eight opt out processes like ethical, moral moral decision, um, health, religion. There was a few in there and we're just going to work with each family and find out if that is if it constitutes and has a medical provider that hinders their education through some sort of a health issue. We'll work through that and if at the end of the day, we'll have some opportunity for kids to have mass breaks and, and whatnot. If that doesn't work for them, the opt-out side is that they're going to opt out into another education platform. And as you said, that's the our online version. How
0: many in the district are on that online platform now?
1: It's not many.
0: Less, less than, uh, I would say, a little over 30 last thing rex i know you we got to let you go you've had a long day but is there any fear that this adds just some confusion to the mix Uh, you're going to have kids showing up to school without a mask saying well the governor says i don't have to have
1: one what what are you going to do about that troy that's that's a great question um i had a parent email me tonight and i really got a resounding amount of emails and support i I would love to be able to tell the community, and I will in a letter Friday, but I'm really proud of our community. How we started school was absolutely amazing. No issues, no confrontations at at the um, street corner with or at the doors of the school. We, I'm proud of our kids, our families, and our community. Um, yes, this adds confusion. As one parent said tonight, when we read the governor's order, it just confused us. They didn't know where we are going, how it would just – scared and confused our community and my letter our correspondence back to the community eased some of that frustration like okay we're not changing course they're staying the course they're doing the same thing and that took a lot of tension off of a lot of our families on the flip side of that it it again i think what the governor's orders and the DPHHS did was it further the rift right so the ones that want the mask off felt like they had an out and now we're staying the course and it just made them more frustrated. And so in this time that I want to try to build our community back together and build you know, some alliance, it just hurt us across the state. Helena Public School Superintendent
0: Rex Welts. Appreciate him taking some time after a very long day to chat with us. Stick around. We've got more Coffee Break coming up right after this. This is Coffee Breaks, brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. Finding the perfect buyer for your home doesn't have to be daunting. Call David F. Versant, 459-8565. And thanks once again to Rex Wells for taking some time uh, yesterday evening to chat with us. I hope you got something out of that conversation. I certainly appreciate it. And now, as promised, we're talking Good Samaritan Ministries this morning. We've got in the studio Renee Lavender. Renee is the new manager out at our place. So, uh, Renee, thanks for coming in.
2: Yeah, how are you guys?
0: I'm doing okay. Of course, we've got uh, Sarah hanging out with us this morning as well. well. She's hanging out with Kennedy over here. So thank you guys for coming in and hanging out. Renee, we've uh, we've talked about our place before on the show, but there's some changes coming at the facility and that's what we want to talk about today. But uh, before we do, we should learn a little bit about you. So uh, can you introduce yourself to the listeners a little yeah.
2: bit? So I'm Renee Lavender. Uh, I am a mom of four. Um, I've been married for 14 years and I actually became a peer support specialist um, about a year ago. Um, in November, it'll be a year. I decided to go down this journey for um, work because I actually got addicted to opiates um, from an injury. I broke my collarbone riding a dirt bike, and I was prescribed pain. Oh pills you always
0: donuts us now, Renee, that's the rule. A very long Renee's time.
2: Phone went off. And so, um, I went down that path for a while, and I ended up getting clean about three years ago in October. It'll be three years, and um, I just want to give back and know, let people know that it is possible, that people yeah. do recover. Um, yeah, so this is where my heart is. Yeah. I want to continue to give people that bit of hope that someone gave me.
0: Yeah. Well, before we get into anything else, just I uh, thank you for that for yeah. for being willing to share and being open about that. And I think uh, we talked um, just the other day with uh, an author of a, a book about opioids, and uh, he's he's a crisis counselor, and um, you know, talking about that with him, and and he was very open as well. And I I think that's very important to just I guess let people know that it's okay to talk about.
2: It is if if we don't talk about it and we don't share our experience. People are sitting in a closed room by themselves and they're struggling alone. And we don't have to struggle alone. There's so many people and things out there that great resources, people wanna help, so. Well,
0: and it's hard, I, I guess it's hard very often to to reach out because there's, the stigma. there's that stigma, there's that shame involved, right? Absolutely. And so I think if we talk about it and say, look, there, There is help there. You can get help. You can do whatever you want to do. You, you, and you're you, not you, a bad
2: person because yeah. something bad happened to you. I think that's a big thing to know is just because you became an addict, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It happens to anybody. It doesn't choose. It doesn't – it can happen to anyone is what yeah. I tell people. It really – what is? There's no racism when it comes to <laughs> addiction. It right. Doesn't, there, can choose.
0: It, it, there's. There's no. Uh, it doesn't fit in a box. Nope. Nope. At all. Uh, you've been in charge, Renee, at our place. Then for how long now?
2: Um, I've been there for about a month, but okay. I did work there prior. So um, it's. It was. It's been an easy transition. Yeah.
0: So what? How long were you at our place? Just in general. Working? Um. So
2: I was there for about five months. Okay. And then, um, I went to the YWCA for a little bit. Um, I just wanted to kind of experience different peer support, mm-hmm. um, teams just to kind of get more knowledge and how it works. And um, when this position came open, I, I, th- I just knew this is where I needed yeah, to be. <laughs> that's me. So
0: you've been there a month. Yeah. I mean. Are you unpacked yet in oh, the yeah. office? Everything's oh, yeah. ready I've to go? Oh, yeah. i
2: rearranged and everything. It's, okay. It looks so good down there.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. So the transition, it sounds like, has been going fairly smoothly.
2: Yeah, it's gone really well. Uh, I think that me working there prior has mm-hmm. made it really, really easy. And then I have an amazing team at Good Samaritan who is there for me. They back me up with anything. I can go to them with anything. And so we're just – we work very well together, which makes, I think, any – any job go smoothly when you have that great team that supports you.
0: Yeah. How nice was that to move in and, and have, you know, all of that sort of so already exciting. built in. Yeah. It's baked it in for was you.
2: really, it felt really good it, because a lot of times you have that nervousness of going mm-hmm. into a new job, not knowing people, what do they expect of me? And I was like, I know these people. I love these people. They love me. So it yeah. was just easy. Yeah, because
0: there's always a, a challenge typically when there's a change in management. Yeah. Whether it's business, whether it's sports, whether yep. it's nonprofit, whatever it yeah. is, it, it it's difficult for everybody, for, yep. for for the new people and for the people that have been there. Yeah. And so this, you sort of avoided some of that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I did. And a lot of the clients knew me, and I think they have that mutual respect with me. And so it's just gone very smooth very yeah. smooth
0: so we don't really have any uh, any challenges or, or not, do we uh, have not there been really. some i mean we
2: have some challenges definitely down there i mean we work with a lot of the homeless community so there's sure. a lot of challenges but it's not anything that our team can't get together and that we don't try to address and come up with a solution that fits everybody not just what we need mm-hmm. but what do they need because that's who we're working for yeah so
0: Renee Lavender in the studio with us. She's the new manager out at our place. And uh, it sounds like, you know, you mentioned, you know, there's there's always some challenges, but it yeah. sounds like success is far outweighing.
2: Yeah, I would say so, for sure. We, um, Right now we are housing a gentleman. He's been homeless for about a year and a half. Um, we've had him in our program with Aura. She does the hotel program where uh, people that are overflow with the COVID and stuff, we were able to house people in the hotel for a while. So we were able to house him for a little bit and we've been working on housing and stuff. And we finally have gotten a place for him, which is huge. I mean, it's, I can only imagine. I thank God every day that I never ended up being homeless. Um, And the only reason why I didn't is because I had an amazing support system. My parents always backed me up, but there's a lot of people who don't have that. Mm -hmm. Um, so, just being able to help them with those situations and help find housing, um, helping people find jobs, so yeah. and finding their worth, them being able to just volunteer down at our place right. like gives them a sense there's of, that I
0: matter, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, it's yeah. it it's so amazing. I had a gentleman actually come up to me about a week ago, and he helped serve lunch and stuff down there. And that was the comment he made. He's like, Thank you for making me feel human again. Yeah. And I'm like, absolutely. You know, i that's what we're here for. Yeah. We want your guys' input and help because this is a peer facility and we want everybody's input.
0: So explain that to us a little bit. You know, it's, it's a peer facility. So what what peer is facility. our place all about?
2: So we are there right now. A lot of our, Clients that we are helping—they are the homeless community. We, um, it—I tell people, our place drop-in center is a one-stop shop, is what I tell them. We can do anything from helping you find housing. A lot of them—they come in and they don't have anything. They don't even have an ID. How do you get a job if you don't have a simple form of? verification of who you are id birth certificate social security card so that's where we kind of start with a lot of them is getting those things in order so that you can be a person again you can say i am renee lavender and i have this to prove that i am this person you have to have them to get a job you have to have them to have housing so we help with all of that stuff um we help them apply for jobs uh I am SOAR certified, which is to help people with SSI or SSDI, because um, that's a finicky mm-hmm. system in itself. Um, but we really want to, we want to continue to serve that homeless community, but we also want to start serving the community of substance abuse and mental health and doing some groups around those and being of service with those in that community as well. Yeah.
0: So you, you serve it primarily right now, just the, the way it works is the homeless yep. population, yeah. but that's, that, that's not it. Right. You're not no. going, well, if, if you've got an address, you can't right. come here.
2: Right. We, I mean, anybody can come down to our place. Anybody. It doesn't, We don't pick and choose. We, um, I've had people that come in that do have housing and you know, with COVID people have lost jobs and they are past due in rent and they don't know what they're gonna do. They're gonna lose their place They're, You know, they just don't know what Mm -hmm. they're gonna do. And so we find the right resources. Um, We can help through Good Samaritan. They have different grants and stuff that they help And so we all we all just work as a team. And if we can't help within our facility, we find what resources can we reach out and who can we get that can help this person? You know, we may be only able to help with one or two things, but who can help with that third and fourth thing that they need? And so we reach out and. We get it done. Yeah. We just it, it, do what we it, can. It's such
0: them. a tremendous resource in our community when we're talking about Our Place and Good Samaritan Ministries. Uh, we've got Renee Lavender in the studio this morning. She's uh, the manager out at Our Place now. And uh, you do, of course, have a staff out there. How, how big is your staff?
2: So right now, I just hired a new gentleman. He... Um, I'm hoping we'll be starting later this week. Um, We are still looking to fill a few positions. Um, They're part-time positions, I believe. And we're just really looking for people that want to become peer support specialists, um, that are caring people, that want to better our community because we live in this community. And the more we give back to our community, the more that our community is safe, the more it's better for our children that are Mm -hmm. growing up in our community. So it's just giving back. And so just making sure that you have a kind heart, you know, and hardworking.
0: So what is, if if we're hiring uh, part-time, we're looking for a peer support specialist, what does that mean? Like who who is that person? So
2: a peer support specialist is someone who identifies with either mental health or substance use disorders. Um, You have to have two years clean. no incarcerations or anything in that two years. And then you can take a, you take a class. It's a 40 hour training through the Montana peer network and you become peer support certified. You'll get your little certificate from them. And then from there, you actually can get licensed through the behavioral health. And then you become a certified behavioral health peer support specialist. Okay. And so you go through a licensing process and stuff. And it's, it's a little hard, but it is so worth it. It took me a while, mm-hmm. but
0: is this something that that you are you would help someone out with if they just showed oh, up absolutely. today and said, "Hey, if I'm interested said, in doing do this, this." But absolutely, I don't I know how say, to.
2: Let's start looking. Yeah. Let's get on here, and I'll tell you what it's about. Um,
0: so don't let those you know the, those requirements. Don't let that no, b- no, stand in your way.
2: Not at all. Not at all. It's it's an amazing class, and I recommend it for people who can take it and people that want to help in substance use and mental health because it's not going away. And so how can we help serve these people? How can we help people recover? You know, you're never you're never not an addict and you're never not gonna have mental health issues if you have them,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but you can work through them. There are tools out there and everybody's toolbox is a little different. But there are tools out there to get you through every single day. And so just finding what works for you and
0: yeah. so, so if you're interested, if you've got that heart that you know what I I wanna do that. I wanna help. Yeah. That's somebody that can contact you and say, Okay, what's my next step in order yeah. to get through the process?
2: Yeah. yeah, and it's not even if it's not that you wanna come work for us. That's just something that your heart is set on. That's what you wanna do. Come down to our place and I'll yeah, are you taking? I mean,
0: can you can you take volunteers as well? People going. Yes. I don't know if I have a you know need for a full time or want for full time, part time. I, I don't need employment, but I want to help.
2: We love our volunteers. They make our place run that much better, and it gives that much, it gives more a different variety of people in there. Mm-hmm. And so, I anybody who ever wants to volunteer, we tell them come on down and talk to Sarah at Good Samaritan we love volunteers we have a church that comes in um at the end of the month they make us lunch on friday and they bring in lunch and serve everyone it's so amazing um we have the elders and our sisters come in and they help serve lunch a couple days out of the week so i mean anything even if you just want to come down and talk and have a cup of coffee and just kind of see what our place is about stop down and See us. so where
0: do they need to go or is there a phone number can north call?
2: last chance gulch is okay. where we're at it's right across the street from domino's
0: okay well there you go you helena is all about like location I there's know. so many people in <laughs> helena that where's that address you give the address where is that yep. oh it's by domino's okay oh,
2: yeah i know where yeah. that's at yep.
0: yeah we're we're a location based yep. community you yep. turn by the big tree uh we've got about two and a half minutes left with uh renee lavender this morning you mentioned uh, you know uh, changes are coming w- what changes are coming to our place and sort of what's the what's the vision what's the timeline that sort of thing
2: so i am really excited to start bringing in more groups um right now we i just kind of take appointments and i help people with like i mentioned the social security cards things like that but i would really like to bring in more groups that are more wellness related um so bringing in like a yoga class um Once a week, uh, doing an art class. Um, I would like to do some recovery based groups. I would like to bring in some trauma therapy stuff. Um, I would also really like to just, I would like for it to be, it is a safe place now, Mm -hmm. but I would like to really continue having it a safe place for everyone, for anyone who needs it. Um, I think that bringing in those groups is a huge step into the right direction and helping people of all phases in life. Um, We're doing a RAP training um, coming up that we can help people write up like wellness recovery plans. And it's not even just for substance use. I mean, it can be used for everyday life as well. And so I'm really excited for that to be coming up so that we can start offering those classes to people. Um, Our future, our overall vision is, like I mentioned, I just want it to continue being a really safe place where if somebody's having a struggle in their life, whether it they're experiencing homelessness, whether they have a house, whatever their struggle is, they're able to come into those doors and feel safe and feel heard. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I feel like the, these people get kind of just pushed out. When people hear that word homeless, right. people change the way that they talk to you, the way they treat you. I've heard so many times, um, that's a big thing to them yeah. is that when someone finds out that they're homeless, they change. Yeah. And, and you're still working to, to fix
0: that. I, unfortunately, humans. Renee, we're all out of time. It's so, that easy. Yeah. We're out of time. We'll have you back in again then. and we'll chat more. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffee coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.